You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. In case we haven't met, and I know there's some new timers here I haven't met you, my name is Randy. I am Pastor Dan's dad. So when he leaves town, I, I fill in for him a little bit. Like Parker said, they just had an anniversary. And they're getting away for a little bit. And you might ask, what's the point of another church? Tulsa needs another church like I need another hole in the head, right? What is the point of Abide Church? And it's this. It's to help disciple people. Not to be Pastor Dan's disciple, but to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. To live, love, and look like Jesus. And today we're going to have a little bit of fun. You know, I'm really not a preacher. So I hope your hopes ain't too high. But I'm a storyteller. And I've got two really great stories to tell you this morning. And today, it's kind of part one. You've got to put up with me again next week. Part one. We're going to talk about two ways today to be a Bob. And if anybody here is named Robert or your name is Bob, this is not a slam on you at all because a Bob is the greatest thing we can ever be. A Bob is a big old blessing. That's what God wants us to be. That's what a Bob is. He wants you and me to be a voice of hope. And when I go to the job site, when I walk into the shop, wherever I'm at, when I go to the lumber yard, hey, this guy always has a good word. You sick? You, yeah, tell that guy. He'll pray for you. That's a disciple of Jesus Christ, the voice of hope. You know, and today we're going to look a little bit at, let's, go to, let's just go to number one here. Let's just go to number one. Chair time is the key to becoming a Bob. And a lot of people say, okay, chair time. What in the world is that? What is chair time? Here's what it is. It's this quiet, undistracted, set-aside time that you make an appointment for every day with your Savior. That's chair time. Chair time every day will increase your Bobness to its highest level. Because when you spend time with him, what happens? Well, I live like him. I start to look like him. I start to love like him. I start to walk like him. I start to talk like him because I've spent time with him. Day, my days are horrible when I don't have my chair time. But that chair time prepares me for the day. No matter what comes my way, no matter what some knothead does in traffic, no matter what some goofball does at work, or somebody messed up a lumber order, it doesn't matter. It's all good. We'll figure this out. I don't have to beat anybody up. I don't have to push anybody against the wall. I don't have to cuss anybody out. Why? Because I'm a Bob. I spent time with my dad this morning. You know, it was funny. When we did a lot of kids' ministry, you know those little stinky girls that are seven or eight years old? They're just so smart and know everything. And, and they come into class, and I'd say, hey, hey, Bob, how you doing? And, you know, that just stops them right in their tracks. 
And those little stinky girls, one day one looked at me and she said, my name's not Bob, it's Clarice. <laughs> she said, okay, Bob. And though, then she really went off the deep end when I just said, okay, Bob. But it's all about being a Bob. It's that quiet, set-aside time. It's the key. If you don't have it, you're going to have a rough day. You are going to have a rough day. You say, oh, Randy, that's so legalistic. That's demanding. You're pushing that on us. Read God's Word. Let's, let's take a look. What's God's Word say? I'm not going to argue with anybody this morning. Matthew 6, Let's take a look at it. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. I could drop this microphone right now and walk out of here. Is it true? Boy, that was wimpy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this word. You know, we say, oh, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. I love the Lord. He rescued me. He scooped me up once. But I don't love him enough to spend time with him. Man, I'm busy. We'll talk a little bit about being busy, too. But think about that. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. I'll tell you right now, I'm a terrible counselor. Me and my wife, Miss Helen, we've done lots of premarital counseling, done a lot of weddings, and we've counseled the knothead teenagers and all kinds of stuff. There it is. That's my counsel. Figure it out. Get in the Bible every morning, son. That's what I used to ask my, my boys when they were teenagers, and they just did, you know, teenagers just sometimes are dumb. And I'd say, son, did you learn anything? You know, you just about had to go to jail. Did you learn anything from that? You know? <laughs> no, they never had to almost go to jail. I would have killed them before they got there. So let's take a look at another verse. I'm not going to argue this morning. Take a look at another verse, Psalms. Let's take a look at it. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. You want joy? Get in God's word. You want to be happy? No, happiness comes and goes. You know, I'm not happy. I'm sad. Joy never leaves you. Because joy comes from where? God. God's word. That's where it comes from. The enemy can't steal it from you. Some co-worker might have rolled their eyes at you. Well, what would they mean by that? I had a smart remark and walked off. Who cares? You can't steal my joy. Why? I'm a Bob. Just call me Bob. I spent time with my dad this morning. You can't dictate my attitude or steal from me. Because I spent time with my dad chair time. We're going to look at it from a different angle this morning, because chair time is a love story. Okay, first I'm going to ask the ladies, are there any ladies here you like a good love story? Okay, we have one young woman that likes a love story. Well, you guys are rough. I was going to say, there's a whole bunch of people that rolled over this morning We've taken your names down. I've emailed them to Pastor Dan, and you're going to get a nasty email this week, okay? So those of you that did show up, I need to hear from you this morning. So we have young 
One young woman that loves, okay, we have two ladies that love a love story. We've got three, okay. I better raise my hand now. This guy's getting mad. He's a loose cannon. He could go postal. So the hand slowly went, okay, guys, I'm going to ask you. You know, I consider myself pretty macho. Right, honey? (laughs) And I am all about John Wayne, John Wayne Westerns. I have a T-shirt that even says, Old Guys Rule, and John Wayne is on the front and he's on the back. But you know what? As I age, I've softened a little bit, and I like a good love story. Guys, is anybody brave enough? Any of you men? Okay, oh, Jason, yeah, hand up. We got some here, back there, over here. Yes, they admitted it. I like a good love story. What was that movie we watched a while back? Letters to Juliet. Whoa. I mean, I was puckered up and crying through half this movie. There was no cussing, no nudity. It was just this crazy love story. I'm like, Honey girl, are they going to get together at the end? Is this going to work out? You know, I was all worked up over this love story. How about Robert Redford and Barbara Streisand, The Way We Were, just the song. I mean, I mean, get a big old lump in my throat, and it's like, oh, my goodness, I can't, I can't hardly do this. So today, I've got a great love story for you. June 14th, way back, how many years, 43 years ago? 1977. It was a little after 7 p.m. in Clear Lake, Iowa. Came up to a four-way stop. This is my little hometown, right? In 1977, we got in our trucks, in our hot rods, in our cars, and we cruised. We drove all over town. We dragged up and down Main Street. Why? Because that's where you met young women. (laughs) <laughs> That's where young men met young women, right? And then you'd meet, and then, you know, you'd pull into the, the drive-in or someplace, and you'd sit and talk. Well, we come up to this four-way stop. I'm riding in my friend's truck, right? I'm a passenger. And whoa, look straight across the intersection, and there's two girls, two good-looking young women in a pickup truck, and in the bed of the pickup truck is a camper. And you know the evil mind of a 17-year-old teenager? I'm thinking, jackpot. You know, these are the girls for us. Okay, I'm just being honest. Okay, none of you guys have ever thought that way. I get out. Just There's the door. So, I'm thinking, okay, I got to make a move here, man. Before they turn left or right or we miss them, I got to make a move. So I'm, I have long, bleached blonde hair from working out in the sun. I didn't have a shirt on. And I lean out of the, hang out of the side of the window of the truck, and I yell across the intersection, hey, girls, would you like to ride around with two really nice, nice guys? Well, some, the little dark-haired girl, she leans out the window of her truck and yells back, sure. And so, okay, we park their truck. And so all four of us get in a regular cab pickup. Back then, 
Nobody had a quad cab. Nobody had a crew cab. Uh, only the railroad had trucks like that to haul their crews. And so here's four. You know, we weren't adults yet, but we had adult-sized bodies, right? So here's four of us in a regular cab pickup. My friend's driving. The two girls are in the middle, and I'm over here on the passenger side. And we are smashed in this truck, loving every minute of it. And we are driving around, talking and laughing and getting to know each other. And so I'm thinking, okay, once again, i got to make a move here, right? i got to make a move. And so I kind of took my hand, and I put it down on my leg. I put it down on my knee, my left hand. And all of a sudden I noticed this little dark-haired girl, she did the same thing with her right hand. And so our hands are like right next to each other, right? And all of a sudden, her little finger, whoa, is touching my little finger. Whoa. Then the next thing I know, she makes a move and puts her little finger on top of my little finger. Woohoo! And I'm thinking, yes, 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 yes. And before you knew it, we were holding and it was just like, oh, that feeling, that love, that it was just like, man, she's a good one. I like this little gal. And so we drove around and talked that night and found out she lived in Waverly, Iowa, which was 75 miles away. And to a teenager in 1977, 75 miles away was like 7,500 miles away. It was long distance to call. And, man, it would break you to make a long-distance phone call to Waverly. And it was like, man. But you know what? I thought about that. God reminded me about that this week. I yearned to see her, to be close to her, to be around her, to touch her, to kiss her, to just hug her and pull her in close. I, I, I thought about her day and night. A love story. I would set aside special time. You understand where this is going? I set aside special time just for her. I was never late for a date. Never. I was early. One time I was even 45 minutes early. Because, man, it was a 75-mile drive. I'd get off work. I'd get cleaned up. I'd get in my truck. And, boom, I'd headed to Waverly, Iowa. And we'd go on our date night. And Miss Helen, I need you to come over here and help me. I need to show everybody how we would sit in, in my truck. I had a, a, a Ford pickup truck. Be careful. Watch that little step there. Sit down. I had a Ford pickup truck with a bench seat in it, right? We don't want any no stinking bucket seats. I want her right up against me. So I'd go to her house, and she I never got to the door, never even got a chance to ring the bell. She came running out, anxiously awaiting my arrival. You see where this is going? Love story. And so we'd get in the truck. You know, she'd always, I'd open the door for her. She'd get in my side, and she wouldn't scoot way down to the other side of the truck, the passenger side, where the passenger's supposed to sit. No way. We'd get in the truck, and oh, man, I, I'd, I'd give her a little smooch, give her a little peck before we even went down the gravel road. She's a little farm girl, lived on the farm. And so, man, of course, the arm went around her. Here, your shoulder came like over my shoulder like this. And this is the way we drove. 
And we had people tell me, hey, Randy, looks like a two-headed monster driving that truck, man. That thing's got two heads on it and one body. What the heck is going on with you? How do you even drive? And luckily, you know, it wasn't a four-speed or anything, so I could get it in gear and automatic with my left hand, steer with my left hand. But it was, she was right here. And we're driving down, driving to Waverly, about seven miles into Waverly. We come to Bremer Avenue. And on Bremer, Bremer Avenue was our date night spot, Pizza Hut. We had our booth. We had our pizza. We had our pitcher of pop that we ordered. Sometimes it was Friday night and Saturday night. So we're driving down Bremer Avenue, and all of a sudden, I felt, I felt, I could feel her eyes on me. And they were just drilling into me. And I'm thinking, I am such a man. I am the man. <laughs> and I turned and I looked at her. And she's just looking at me like, just love. I mean, you know on the cartoons where hearts and, and love comes out of their eyeballs? That's the way she was looking at me. You were 16? Yeah. Okay, you're not supposed to talk. You're just let me do all the talking now. She was 16, didn't know any better. But she always said, I loved you the first time I saw you. You know, I wasn't quite sure yet, but I knew I liked her a lot. But supposedly, you loved me right off the bat. But I remember that, how she was looking at me. She adored me. She thought I was King Kong, King of the world, the manliest man she had ever been with in her life. Okay, I was the only guy you'd ever, okay. So I really was special, wasn't I? <laughs> All right, thanks, honey. Give Miss Helen a big hand for helping me. Careful. Love story. Here's a bunch of questions for you. You say you love Jesus. You say you love God. And if you've given your heart to Jesus Christ, You've been rescued. You've been scooped up. You've been saved. You've been blessed. He's met needs in your life. He's watched over you. He's taking care of you. When you don't even know it, He's working for you. But I'm not a very good reader, so I don't read, I don't read the Bible much. I'm tired in the morning. I'm not a morning person. I'm tired in the morning, so I snooze, 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 snooze. Oh, Randy, that's condemnation. No, it's conviction. <laughs> you say you love him? And then I have to get my hind end out of bed in the morning. And I'll, be, I'll tell you, this changed my life. Chair time changed my life. It changed me. It changed our home. It changed our family. One of my grown sons looked at me and said, Dad, you're different. And man, I was an associate pastor. I was a kid's pastor. I didn't have any chair time. I was just going through the motions. It will change everything in your life. Here's the question of the day. If I treated Helen like I treated my Savior, would we still be married? We've been married 39 years. If I only talked to her when I needed something, 
if I only said I love you when I was in trouble? If I ignored her for days, weeks, or months, do you think she would have put up with this old gray-haired guy? No. And she shouldn't. No woman should be treated that way. I love you. I adore you. I will set out time for you. I will listen to you. I will talk to you. But yet there's been times in my life I had no time for God. Busy, 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 man. Busy. Chair time makes you the ultimate Bob. You become the voice of hope once again that live, loves, and looks like Jesus. Let's quickly go to point number two. Point number two is this. Be an obedient encourager. Think about that for a second. You know, encouraging somebody isn't hard. Let's look at a verse here, Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. It says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Are you spurring somebody on? Are you encouraging somebody? Man, we make this so difficult sometimes. Well, I'm not a pastor. I'm not an evangelist. It's, it's not what I do. It's not my personality. But when Jesus is in here, our personalities change. The word says, old man, gone. You know, my dad was a wonderful guy. He loved God and he loved his family. But there's a lot of his traits I don't want. I want my, my God the Father. I want his traits. I want people to say, you know what? You're like Jesus. You're like God. That's the ultimate com compliment. Be a Bob. It's the little things. It's please. It's thank you. It's, it's filling out a little card. And you say, well, I don't even know Pastor Dan and his wife Leslie. Could you leave him a scripture? If nothing else, right in here, I love your dad. It took you a second to get that one, didn't it? <laughs> it's simple. Have you ever got one of these at the perfect time? Have you ever got a text or a phone call and somebody said, man, you were on my heart. I was thinking about you today. How can I help you? It's the little things. It's the little things. Being obedient, encourager. You know, when somebody comes to your mind like that, it means God has an assignment for you. I believe every day we have multiple assignments with people every day. But without our chair time, we don't realize them. We're not sensitive to it. But after my chair time, I'm wide open. It's God, use me. Use me. Show me who I can bless today. Show me who I need to call today or text or contact today. They came to my mind. Why? Because I'm supposed to pray for them, and then I'm supposed to call them and maybe pray for them again. God loves you. Act on that assignment. Act on that daily assignment. Be an obedient 
encourager. Three weeks ago, at this table right here, during the middle of one of Pastor Dan's sermons that day, this little lady came walking in here. And she looked just like Mrs. Santa Claus. She did. She had snow white hair. And the doors are locked. We don't even know how she got in. But Mrs. Santa Claus comes over and sits at this table. Some of you remember her. And I remember we're sitting over there, and I watched her. And I thought, man, what's her story? She, she kind of missed most of church today. But I watched her praise and worship. She lifted her hands, and she drew no attention to herself. And after the service, Pastor Dan went over to her, introduced himself, and she introduced herself to him. And she took his hand and then took her other hand and put it on his forearm. And she read Pastor Dan's mail. Encouraged the fire out of him. Told him, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. God loves you. You're on the right path. Keep doing what you're doing. And little Mrs. Claus, one of the things she said, I'm going to share with you. But she told him, she said, the younger generation, the young millennials and younger couples that are coming in, are coming in for a reason. Because they will hear what you have to say. It's from God. It's the simple gospel. And she said, these young couples will receive it from you. Can I tell you, he was just a little bit fired up after that. And she just quietly got up and walked out. But she told him, she said, I don't, I'm not looking for a church. I don't want to go to church here. I was driving by on my way either to or from church. And she said, God told me to stop and encourage the pastor of that church. For three weeks, all I can think about is I want to be just like Mrs. Claus. Can you imagine the guts that takes to walk into a church you've never been in and, and seek out the pastor? It was straight from the throne of God. What if she would have said, oh, not today. Maybe next week, and next week never comes. She was an obedient encourager. And it's exactly what our pastor needed that day. You know, the enemy wants you to fill your life and heart with busyness. I'm too busy to encourage. I'm too busy to tell somebody God loves you. A while back, I was at Lowe's early one morning. Lowe's opens at 6 a.m. I'm a morning person. I was there at 5.55. I need 15 two-before's, 10 foot long. I want to go in, get my two-before's, and get the job site and knock some stuff out. And that's what I love about Lowe's at 6 a.m. It's ghost town. 
There is no lie. And it just so happened that day, behind the counter, the little cashier was another little lady. And I'm just kind of like, you know, I didn't do this, but in my mind, I'm like, hurry it up. Hurry it up. Let's go. Come on, get out your little scanner and boom, 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 hit the, hit the studs and let's go. Come on, Grandma. You know, I can say that because I'm a grandpa, okay? I'm not berating her. It's like, come on, Grandma. Speed it up a little bit. And then she started telling me about her 14-year-old granddaughter that she's raising. And she talked about how pretty she was, how smart she was, how gifted she was, and what a joy she was to have in her home. And the Holy Spirit just grabbed me by the collar and said, relax, be still. This little lady just needs your ear today. No comments, no friendly advice, just be an ear for her. So I stood there for 15 minutes. There was nobody alive, nobody behind me, and listened to her talk about her precious granddaughter. That's what she needed that morning. That's what I needed that morning. I needed a kick in the hind end from the Holy Spirit. Son, slow down. What's your hurry? In traffic, what's your hurry? Why is everybody in traffic an idiot but you? What's your hurry? It's all about being a Bob. You know, I, I have a, a lame little heart over here on the whiteboard. And this was a, another little thing that we used to do in kids' classes over the years. And, and that's our heart. You know the enemy can't get into your heart? We let him into our heart. We let him in with attitudes and, and, and things. And, you know... I'm having a heck of a time getting this cap off. Ephraim, you might have to come help me. But you know, we let things into our hearts. Huh. Like busyness. How about lust? How about lies? How about greed? How about pride? You know, the, the list can go on and on and on and on. what do we do? I've let all these things in my heart and in my life. Addictions. These things can rule my entire life. But when we ask Jesus in, He takes it all away and He gives us a new heart. Here's a few of the greatest verses in the Bible. Have you ever had a but then moment when you ask Jesus in that's your but then moment Titus 3 4 through 7 here's what it says straight out of the Bible which we believe is true but then God our Savior showed us his kindness his love he saved us not because of the good things we did but because of his mercy 
He washed away my sins and gave us a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us because of what Jesus Christ, our Savior, did. He declared us not guilty because of His great kindness. And now we know that we will inherit eternal life. Not guilty. Not guilty. Not guilty. You are not guilty. In Ezekiel, it talks about how he does give us a new heart. He takes away the heart of stone, it says, and gives us a soft heart of flesh, a soft heart that's ready to receive Him, His blessings, His Holy Spirit, to become a Bob. And He lets us know, I love you, Bob. Today, be a Bob. Monday morning. I know some people that dread Monday. They lose sleep over Monday. A few years ago, my son told me this. He said, hey, Dad, make Monday dread you. I took it to heart. I roll in on Mondays ready to destroy work, tear up work, build cabinets, just make sawdust fly, shoot things together, create, build. And nobody can stop me. Not a bad attitude from anybody can stop me. Why? Chair time. Chair time. This world is not going to control me. This world is not going to dictate my good day or my bad day. Because God has promised me every day is going to be a good day. Because why? I have Him. Challenges? Oh, yeah. Stuff happened? Oh, yeah. God loves us and has declared us not guilty. If you would, please bow your heads. We're going to pray here in just a minute. And the question today is, how about you? Have you given Him all those things in your heart? And it can be worry. It can be anxiety. Fear. Surrender today. Surrender today. Today, if you'd like to recommit your life to Jesus Christ or do it maybe for the very first time. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you right where you're at. But today, if you truly want to surrender, would you just raise your hand up and put it right back down? Jesus, you're so good. We love you. We love you this morning. Let's pray together. If you would, please repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I love you. Thank you for dying for me. You want to bless me. And I'm going to let you. My heart is yours. Come in. Clean it up. 
make it right. I love you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com. 